This is Parking in Bitterman's Circle, number 32, for November 11th, 2005. Hey out there, it's Aaron, coming to you from fabulous Farmers Branch, Texas. Yes, I am home, and while 2,000 guys with microphones are wandering around Ontario, California, and where, as usually, I'm podcasting from an odd place, I'm actually home, and they're actually not. So, um, I'm sure enough people giving you plenty of coverage of uh, what's going on in Ontario, Um, so I guess I'll just have to give you coverage of what's going on here at home. It is really nice. We were gone for eight, nine weeks, and that uh, that adds up. So we're going to talk to uh, talk to the idea of readmittance and reacquaintance and uh, decompression that it takes to. into the household after a, a period like that. It's always challenging. Uh, this has been, we've been really lucky in that, excuse me, our uh, our schedule was pretty easy the first part of the year. I've been with other tours where you're gone for months at a time, all the time, and then have two or three days off, and then you're gone for two or three months again. But boy, that gets old. Uh, uh, ease that out. I was thinking about going to some music, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to chop that off just like that and uh, start yapping. It's good to be home. It's good to be podcasting to you from the office. And, um, you know, it really is a blessing to be able to come home safe and sound from from the road and from that tour and uh, see Angela and all of the cats. Now, the cats, I barely recognize. One of them is the size of a mountain lion. They were just kittens when I left. So you certainly do miss a lot. And um, and the ongoing bathroom um, project that was going on while I was gone that Angela was working on is... It's magnificent. We're doing the final touches on it uh, this weekend, and uh, she did an amazing job. Um, at some point, I'll put some uh, final pictures up on the Bitterman Circle website. But you just—I I just can't begin to tell you how, what a talented um, artist and artisan my wife has turned out to be. She is. Uh, extremely persistent when it comes to these projects. And here I am dragging my feet, just trying to get my bearings here. Now, the first couple of days are basically a series of uh, interrupted naps uh, between just uh, life going on and the cats and the things that need to be done. And uh, you start to get into a groove. You start getting your discipline back, you know, be able to, uh, you know, 
go to the gym and and do the things that you do when you're at home on a regular basis and and um you know my hours totally change when I come home now for any of you who are road people and I know a few of you are um or even those of you who are are business travelers of any sort um there is a decompression and a readmittance um and if you're ever away from your spouse for a period of time you know there's a you need to sort of get used to having each other in the same place at the same time for a long time you're just a voice on the other end of the phone and and uh you literally are now occupying the same space and occupying the same schedule and there are certain uh, compromises that have to be made. Um, I have a tremendous problem reassimilating into the home schedule. It's very much when I get home from a long trip like this, it's very much my wife's house. And I feel like a visitor. And for me to finally get to a point where I'm a partner and I'm participating as close to 50% as I'm capable of doing, um, it it starts slowly, but I mean, it's funny because it's the smallest things that really get me back, which is like doing dishes and folding laundry. Now, this might sound terribly mundane and, and domestic to a lot of people out there, but believe it or not, after two months of living in a hotel room or on a bus, I actually miss doing dishes. It's kind of a, one of those idiotic jobs that kind of calms you the same way that, um, you know, I was doing some yard work, that kind of stuff just becomes this sort of almost meditative thing that you, you like to do. But my, uh, my hat, my hats off to Angela for, for doing such an amazing job on the renovation of the house. The shower looks great. The floor looks great. All of the fixtures are amazing. Her vision really came together in this room and you know just to be here to put the final touches on you know i feel like i'm you know interfering but i have to get over that and just participate and do what i can to uh wrap this up now of course um when i last talked to you wherever the hell it was um a couple of things uh, i discussed we were still out in the road with the Foo Fighters, and and uh, and that came to an end. Oh, it was right, of course, it was right before the last day. I, I did the podcast from Oakland. Now, the Oakland show was the last show we did with the Foo Fighters before we went our separate ways. Now, needless to say, uh, they have a reputation as being a bunch of fun guys and have been known for pulling uh, some great pranks in the past and uh let's see i believe with the with the uh, red hot chili peppers i think they dumped about 50 pounds of cooked spaghetti on the drummer and nearly knocked him through his riser they've dropped about 2000 ping pong balls on uh either the chili peppers or some other band but they like having their fun so needless to say our our bunch was a little concerned that they were going to be slimed in some way on the last day. Little did they know that part of the motivation and part of the trickery was coming from within their own camp and um, in the form of me. A few weeks before 
we got to this day, I came up with a plan which I thought was acceptable. I thought it would be fun. And um, as now that the tour is over, we can kind of sort of tell you what the format of the, the tour was. When we would get to our encore, our singer would go out to front of house and perform a song acoustic at front of house by himself. And then the band would come back on stage and say, okay, well, he's out there and it's going to take him a minute to get back. So we need one of you kids to come up out of the audience and play guitar. Who is it? And I would go down along with one of the musicians and we'd pull out someone who either was rather convincing or um, appeared to have some kind of musical talent, which is tricky because some people... Um, basically played like they had a couple of canned hams taped to their hands. Uh, oh, goodness. It's the bat phone. Stand by. Well, enough of that. Um, so it's always very tricky who you pick. And um, so I came up with this plan. I thought it might be rather fun if... We did a little bit of sleight of hand when we went down to pick out the kid and pull Dave Grohl of the Fool Fighters out of the audience and bring him up on stage to play guitar on this one song. Um, in speaking to Dave, he agreed, thought it would be a good gag. And as our um, guitars were being provided, each in, in as this gag went through the tour, Washburn Guitars was kind enough to uh, donate guitars to us to give away to the kids each night so we had uh, a relatively inexpensive uh, sort of student model guitar uh, so as we've seen with other bands like green day who have lost uh, prototype instruments bringing their kids bringing kids on stage there and having them demolish them um, it's really a good idea not to let them get their hands on anything truly valuable one night we actually did this, and the bass player decided to hand his 1959 Fender Precision Bass to one of the kids, and I, I nearly had a seizure because most of my day is spent trying to protect that bass. Anyhow, um, so Dave uh, agreed to uh, do this, and um, when I was down there with the musician, I said, hey, 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 I got one, and I went over and Here's this guy with a hoodie put all pulled over his head, and we got him on the stage, and we handed him a guitar, and he did his best to play horribly. But he, when Rivers got up there, they played the song. I think there were some uh, some lyrics shared in the whole bit. And when we got to the end of the song, Mr. Grohl proceeded to make absolute kindling out of the. Uh, daily guitar. He just absolutely ugh, it just came apart into a thousand pieces. It was great. Um, so, of course, the band at that point thought everything was over. Little did I know that the uh, Foos had one last or two last um, gags in order, uh, which was, of course, the um, um, there were six male strippers who ended up coming up and dancing during the last number. And I believe there was an older female stripper who made appearance at front of house. I didn't actually see her, but, uh, I saw a picture of, of her performance. Um, it looked uncomfortable, needless to say, um, to finish up the tour, 
we had two more shows following uh, the Foo Fighters stuff, and we ended up playing in Fresno, and we played in Las Vegas at the Joint at the Hard Rock Hotel. Uh, this, of course, was the same weekend as the uh, Vigus show, which I've mispronounced already. Um, this would be a jam band exploration and you know there was uh widespread panic and dave matthews and all these you know what they call jam bands in town 40 or fifty thousand um hippie children hippies and quasi pseudo hippies everywhere it was a scene uh let alone vegas is as you've heard in my previous podcasts i have sort of an attitude against anyways but throw 40 or 50,000 hippies on top just for a laugh. And, uh, and believe me, I can say hippie because, uh, you might think that I'm saying this like some sort of derogatory term, but I was raised in a very, um, beatnik bohemian hippie household. Hold on. I lost my headphones. What a spaz. Okay. So, Part of the extra added adventure, of course, was doing the show at the at the joint. Was somebody else was playing there that night, and that was uh, Phil Lesh and friends from the Grateful Dead. Uh, so they loaded in at eight o'clock in the morning, did a sound check till one thirty or two in the afternoon. Then we loaded in, did our show, and had to be done by nine forty-five and clear the stage so that they could get back their entire show back into the building. So they could perform from midnight to four o'clock in the morning. A busy day was had by all. And then we went to Los Angeles and we did a shoot for sessions at AOL, which is yet to be released yet. But we did four or five songs in Studio A at Capitol Records. And um, I'll go into that in more detail but uh, let's take a slight break and and um, give you a little bit of uh, music I found. Uh, we'll go into the reasons why this uh, Podsafe music is being used. Uh, I'll talk about that in a little bit. This was found uh, from the great uh, podcast NYC Podsafe music feed. This is a song called Tristano Bridge by the group Organic.
there's nothing quite like a little. <clears throat> I should have known better than to leave both of my headphones on. Nothing quite like little organ trio music. That is a group called Organic from Brooklyn, New York. The song's called Tristano Bridge. I found it at the. Uh, where did I say I get it? Podcast NYC Podsafe music feed uh, information will be up on the show notes. But, uh, hey, that's cool. Wow, man, that's freaky. Let them fade out in the background. So, where was I? I was talking about the tour and everything. Hey, got a couple things I want to talk about. Um, by now, everybody in the podcast world, world knows about um, Adam Curry. Daily Source Code and his dealings over in the in Europe with his little warning, as often people with friends do get a little warning before the before the stuff hits the fan. And um, he kind of cleaned up his act and uh, went totally pod safe. And uh, to, uh, even struck stuff off of his server that had non-PodSafe music on it. So uh, just like file sharing of all shapes and sizes and all the other stuff that's going on, it looks like what the next thing podcasters are going to experience just a year into podcasting is going to be, you know, lawsuits and crap like that and people coming after you for money. And I really don't know what the answer is. I honestly don't. And I really hate the thought of not being able to play, you know, some of the music that I like because it is ASCAP or BMI or it has been recorded or is owned by some major record label. And what's even more infuriating is that I can go to an artist who is on one of these record labels that I know and I've worked for and everything and say, hey, man, is it cool for me to play this? And they can go, sure, man, you can play anything you want. And I could still get it stuck in my ass. You know what I mean? Because there's so many different layers of deceit when it comes to licensing and when it comes to big business. And I'm hoping that... Um, they honestly don't think that, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure nobody just wants to listen to people talk, and I'm sure that nobody wants to listen to nothing but the same um, three or four brother love songs. Um, hopefully, as this goes along, and with Michael Butler's efforts um, over at the... Uh, over at Pod Show and the PodSafe Music Network to try to rustle up some more uh, content for licensing. Well, basically, what the you know what PodSafe licensing is all about. Hopefully, there will be more content, more quality content for us to listen to. Um, you know, quite honestly, I don't mind sifting through some of it, but God, I mean, I just I want access to the stuff I already like. I mean. <laughs> You know, most people laugh when they see my iTunes library and you realize that I could start at the first song on my iTunes library and it will run for nearly 29 days without repeating anything, which is silly. 
but that's what's going on. Um, the other thing that's going on and uh, why I think the irony of what I was talking about before is the Portable Media Expo going on in Ontario, California, where all those guys are staying at the Sheridan and the Marriott and uh, the Sheridan. God, we just stayed there for Inland Invasion a couple months ago, and I, I hate that hotel. I really do. Um, hopefully, I'm sure we'll get some interesting reviews from the people who are uh, over there, not just AC. But uh, I don't know. I find it really ironic. I find it really ironic that they're all reporting from the road. They've all had to put their stuff in a bag. And I'm, you know, Adam, on the, I was listening to part of the Daily Source Code today, and he'd forgotten a, um, a, a 110 power supply for his mixer. And he was just... Uh, you know, hey man, <laughs> I know, I know, I don't sound great. I don't have any uh, any uh, tube compressors or outboard gear or mixers. I just got this one stupid microphone going into a little USB interface into my computer, and and I uh, just sort of mash it out the best I can. Um, you know, so I I just can I mean I'm sure everybody's having a great time. But I'm just thinking about all these guys clunking around with their bags full of recording gear and and laptops and trying to trying to find Wi-Fi. I mean it's like it's like it's like my life every other day of the year, and now they've got two days of of what I'm walking around with a laptop looking for a good signal. Everybody trying to upload their show at the same time. That was a big problem. I had a tremendous problem with the last show with thirty one. In that, um, I had such as the tour finished, the connectivity was atrocious everywhere we went. I tried four or five times separately to upload the episode to my server so that it could get there. And everybody was, and eventually, three or four days later, people were going, Hey, man, um, it, it gets to about you know, six minutes and crashes. And I'm going, what? So I tried to reloading. I'd scrape it off of the server, throw it back up. And then I ended up totally making a whole new file and making it smaller. And I think once I'd uh, renamed it and got it into my server and the repost actually worked, though I apologize that the, the, the quality of it wasn't all that good sonically. Hopefully today will be better. I'll see how it turns out. Um, it was just horrible. It just got down to a point where our last few days of, of connectivity, just it, it was just, we could have been on dial-up. But uh, this is something else I got to point out. I Just something else I found out. Uh, be sure to go and stop at uh, www.bittermancircle.com. Um, you know, I've been following, uh, the Sony DRM, DRM toolkit thing, the, all of the malware now finding out that you can seriously screw up your Mac as well as your PC using those CDs that have that, uh, copy protection on it. But I was reading about how Starwood hotels, um, if they don't like the seeing the traffic that you're moving in and out of your computer, let's say bit torrenting or uploading files or whatnot, they will whack your connectivity down to about fifty, you know, like a fifty-six k modem for ten minutes to kind of teach you a lesson. So they've got a governor. Um, this is LodgeNet, the the fabulous owners of the LodgeNet theme. They need to be just forgotten as it is. Um, 
I know I went off on ISPs last time, so we'll leave it alone. I think maybe part of the reason why I couldn't get my stuff uploaded last time is because of my rant. But um, let's see. What else do we have on the list here? Um, you know, being home has been a mixed bag in that um, for the first time since April, I really have had a opportunity to feel. You know, I'm just trying to get back into a groove with my wife and the cats and, and try to pull myself back, get rid of this road weight and start eating better and start feeling healthy. And, you know, um, I've spent a lot of time avoiding talking about the loss of my brother on this podcast since I did a lot of it earlier in the year and, um, and it bummed some people out. And then I turned around and, and realized, you know what, you know, fuck you. It's my podcast. And I'm sorry if it bums you out, but this is my opportunity to expel some of this, um, this, these feelings and this pain, you know, so I've had an opportunity while I've been home to feel some of this loss and, you know, thinking a lot about my brother and a lot about Sterling and, and had an opportunity to take a look at a lot of the things that I've gained here and looking at this, uh, you know, as much as I might get down on the, you know, where I live and, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, the, we went and voted on Tuesday. It, it's just amazing. I couldn't believe the way some of the propositions went down here in Texas, but Hey man, I'm not a Texan, you know, I'm just some, I'm just some Yankee living in a different state. We all, there's a lot of us out there who live, you know, grew up one place and developed our values one place and now live another. But, um, you know, I've got a re remarkable life and a remarkable home and, um, and I'm very appreciative for that. Uh, without question, I'm appreciative of that. Um, and, you know, it's really easy to get into a headspace where it's it's all about loss and all you see is loss all you see is death I came home and this lady who lives down the street um she'd been battling ms for about 16 years we lost her and and i spent some time talking to her husband the other night and i can't even imagine i can't even imagine what he's going through you know, he says he still hears noises and gets up out of bed and goes to check on her, you know, and she's been gone for a few weeks now. So, um, you know, we're just trying to find some time for the people who are important to us and, and, uh, let them know they're not alone. And, um, to the people who let me know, talking about gains, let's talk about the weight gains of the two cats here of Cabot and Wally who um, are big enough that they, uh, they're on the verge of having their own website. Uh, Cabot's about adult size. Wally's a bit smaller because he has no ass. But um, they are, as brothers being the same age, they are physically not different. They are um, behaviorally totally unlike. And, um, and they have these... The, the wonder, both wonderful and strange personalities, which I'm beginning to really enjoy. And, um, 
you know, we, I think everybody tends to play favorites, but, um, they're both very, very special. And, and for me to have those guys in my life has been, is really, really, really neat. Um, something else I want to mention, I'm associated at this time with two separate podcasting groups. It's just basically, um, two other sites where I have been asked to join and, and gladly have joined um, because I I like being associated with the people or, you know, the people who invited me. I, uh, I'm very glad to be associated with them. And um, the first, of course, being the Disembodied Voices podcasting group, uh, which Mark Foreman of Getting a Leg Up got started and we've got a nice uh, cross section of guys over there. Uh hi to all you guys out there. I don't know if, I don't know if you listen to me, but uh I listen to you. And then there's the Association of Rock and Roll Podcasters started by Michael Butler, who congratulations to him gave up his job, day job of painting ha- uh painting houses and is now working at Pod Show full time and uh trying to get some more music so that we can play it without fear of losing our laptops and our houses and our livelihood because, you know, little guys like us, we're not going to be able to fight these giant, you know, lawyers and all that. Um, Other things I just want to mention here, uh, my sister Lila and her husband Luca and uh, their little baby Eli. Well, there's another... Another member of the family as of uh, yesterday, yesterday morning. Yep. Uh, I am now an uncle for the third time. Little Mateo was born early yesterday morning in Sacramento, California at about seven pounds, one ounce. Congratulations to uh, the LaRora family and to the Mikalski family um, for having, I can't believe that my my mom and dad now have three grandsons. It seems it seems impossible, and yet they they've got three three wonderful wonderful grandsons, um, which I think is totally neat. Uh, somebody I forgot to mention on the last podcast is my uh, my friend Gary Gold, who I had a chance to spend some time with. Um, last time I was in Los Angeles, but missed him this time. We just, just, I think we're just, I mean, he was busy. I was busy. Uh, we left a window open and sometimes you just miss and that's a tough one. Um, and, uh, Gary's been a tremendous support to me and, and my dad and the rest of the family throughout this extremely challenging year. A good friend, a good musician, and um, and good people all around. Um, and he's also a good friend to Michael Brecker. And I want to once again stick it out into the world, remind everybody of Michael Brecker's plight with his health. Um, he's hanging in there. He's hanging in there. He's not doing great, but he's hanging in there. And, um, you know, if there's anyone out there who hasn't heard my pleas for him, um, he is in need of, uh, a marrow or stem cell transplant. Please check at his website, 
michaelbrecker.com or get yourself registered um, at marrow.org. And uh, you may not be able to help him, but you may be able to help somebody else, maybe even somebody else in your own family when the time comes with all of these strange complications. And I'm seeing a lot of people now who are being affected by these sort of neurological and odd diseases. And, and they're able to do remarkable things if they've got the, the materials to try to get your body to work the right way again. And I just send my love and support to Michael and his family. Uh, hang in there. We're praying for you, praying for you, and we love you, and uh, and um, and we believe. We totally believe. Um, let me put another song on. I think I've got something which is uh, ready to go here. Um, oh, another song from the fabulous podcast nyc podsafe music feed um this is uh noam weinstein a song called rosetta stone i hope you like it it's uh it's nice well it's nice when you can hear it <laughs> goofball Okay, Miss Q, I'm not editing that. I'm just going to uh, start it over again because I know it'll work this time. I honestly believe. Where?
go rosetta stone from the uh podcast nyc pod safe selection and um the artist of course was noam weinstein and uh very steely danish but i like it um i think i've saved the best for last in that um Something interesting happened since the last time I talked to you. And this is just goes along with my life. I, I think you can hear the fact that I, I inherited my wife's old office chair, which sounds different, different than my last one. It's a little bit noisier. I'm going to have to work on that because I can hear it myself. But um, I reported last time that when I was in Chicago, um, I either lost or had stolen my pouch, which carries my wallet and my credit cards and driver's license and tools and and various uh, mezuzahs and uh, lucky charms in it. And um, I was embarrassed to tell you about that. And I did it, and it's a good thing that I did. But um, the other day I was working on something, and I was in the garage and my cell phone rang, and I uh, didn't recognize the number, and I picked it up anyways. And the guy informed me that his name was Todd. Todd works at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois, the town and venue in which I lost my belongings. Now, did I mention that 
the day before I'd gone and and uh, applied for a new driver's license and paid my ten bucks and and waiting now now I have a like a blank piece of paper license and all that so well anyways he calls me and he says is this Aaron I go yeah and he says well um, did you work here by any chance and I said yeah I was there uh, earlier part of the month with a show and. And he asked me if I lost something, and I said yes. The last time I actually spoke to the people at the security department of this facility, they told me, the response they gave me was, we've cleaned since then, so it's probably gone. Well, as it turns out, they're still cleaning because, um, a, as he said, a, a, a Spanish-speaking cleaning lady found my pouch behind the ice machine at the Allstate Arena. And he asked me what, it, what I wanted to do with it. And I said, how about you mail it back to me? That'd be really great. He says, well, there's a whole bunch of credit cards and stuff in here. And, uh, and I, I just couldn't believe it. I says, is, is my Leatherman in there? My, he goes, what, the tool? And I go, yeah, the tool. So anyways, here I am. I'm going to open up the pouch now and take a look. And uh, I could feel this, but yes, my Leatherman is in fact still here and still in one piece. And we'll open up the main pouch. Oh, yeah, there's some chewing gum. And and, oh, there's my keys, my house keys. But more importantly, uh, a tag for my my gym membership and all of my discount cards so I can get that phony discount on all the stuff at the grocery store. Good. Don't have to replace those. Um, I'd already lost all my good pens, so that wasn't a big loss. Oh, oh, cool. A couple of business cards and, uh, oh, my subway my subway cards, which I don't think really make any difference, but more importantly, my Dunn Brothers cards. I can turn those in and get a free pound of coffee. That's awesome. But uh, that's all the business end of things. Let's look in the next compartment because this is the important one. This is the one that was holding all of the things I didn't want to lose. There is a uh, Sacagawea silver dollar, no, Sacagawea dollar that uh, my mom gave me, and a Susan B. Anthony, so I've always got a couple of bucks stashed away, though most people in the United States wouldn't believe me if I told them they were legal tender. So let's pick up all of the the neat things I have in my pouch and give them a once-over. I have a few... Um, medallions. Oh, there's some Burt's Bees hand salve. A couple of earplugs. That's good. We're getting to the good stuff. I have a few medallions that are very important to me. Um, Oh, here's one I got at uh, the vending machine at the Budokan in in Japan. Um, There's that other one. There's a beautiful um, medallion, little medallion that my wife gave me, which says uh, "love" in Sanskrit. 
on an angel she gave me, which I carry with me everywhere. Um, I have a piece of hematite, which between myself and my friend Squeak, we've carried to over nearly 40 countries. This stone, this stone, not a Rosetta stone, but a stone all the same. Um, it fits perfectly in my thumb. It's the perfect worry stone for me. And I've had this for a very, very long time. And it's been, it's been to more places than I have. And it's been to all the places I have. And another, uh, people say, why is that friggin' bag so heavy? I say, well, it's because it's full of stones. Um, oh, look, a Stephen Stills guitar pick, a Phil Everly guitar pick. What's in there? Oh, some more. That's a salt bead, a bead made of salt that somebody, a Persian salesman gave me. Oh, and most importantly, well, not most importantly, but uh, I have a small Stonehenge, which I carry with me. I think it's the third one I've owned. Uh, Ten years ago, um, someone... We always send find a way to send someone to the Stonehenge gift shop and get everybody a Stonehenge. It was originally given to us uh, in 95 as a medal for spending two months in Europe and putting, um, you know, 25 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag over and over and over again. But... These are the things that are important. These are the memories. These are the spiritual uh, touch tones, touch stones, actual stones and medallions and stuff. That was what I was really sad about losing. And they're back because there are immense blessings out there. It's amazing that uh, it made it back to me. And, uh, you know, I was... Feeling weird. A lot of people make fun of it. I've worn this pouch for so many years. Most people think I have a colostomy bag or something. Um, I, you know, when I was really heavy set, I didn't wear like fitted pants with pockets because uh, because I could never find anything that really fit right. And um, and I got used to carrying my wallet, my keys, and all the other junk around in this bag. I would sweat so much I wouldn't want to have anything in my pockets because it would just basically turn to mush. So I'd keep it in the bag, and I always wore it. And I'm sure plenty of people made fun of me. but um, And I got tired of that, and I started taking it off while I was working. And um, and I learned a very hard lesson. The, the $120 of cash were was um was missing. Oh, by the way, and looking at the wallet, uh you know, my social security card which I've had since I was 16 years old was uh is still there, thank God. So, obviously the person uh who stole it was um if they were an identity theft, they sucked. But um thank you God, thank you Todd, thank you Sandy who is the name on the box from the shipping department. Thanks for getting my bag to me. I really appreciate it. Um, okay. That's, uh, well, 50 minutes, 51 minutes. We've had ourselves a, a full tilt uh, podcast. And um, uh, thank you for listening to Parking in Bitterman Circle. 
Um, hey, go to my site, bittermancircle.com. And um, there's a couple things. You can uh, leave me comments there. But uh, you know what would really, really be neat? I put a couple other gizmos up on the sidebar. And I'm sure if you do read it, you'll probably read some of the stories. And all that shit looks the same anyways. But if you scroll down past the Flickr pictures and all that, there's this thing for Frapper, F-R-A-P-P-R. It's kind of like a Google Maps hack which uh, lets me know where you guys are. So just all you have to do is don't have to put in your email address or anything. Just put in your zip code, your name, and let me know where the Bitterman Circle listeners are. So go to Bitterman Circle. Bitterman. I hate that. BittermanCircle.com and click on the where are we. Click here for our map with a little red push pin on it. And let me know where you are. That'd be really cool. Always checking at Bitterman Circle anyways, considering how lame I am about putting up a regular podcast. Uh, there's always uh, certain bitter information and things we can laugh at together. Um, any comments? Any uh, things you want to share? Audio comments? Uh, promos? I will play promos. Uh, send them to Aronsky, A-R-O-N-S-K-I, at gmail.com. Um, all the rest of the stuff should be in the show notes. And um, let me just put a little something goofy on to uh, get us out of here. This is Aaron Mikalski. Thanks for listening to Parkin' Bitterman, Bitterman Circle. You know what? <laughs> Latency. You got to love latency so um let me just play this little song for you thank you for listening to parking bitterman circle and uh we'll see you again real soon bye now this song is just for you little kitty
Nice kitty. Nice kitty.